The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io. And in this episode, we're going to be diving into the topic of Google's generative experience and how that is impacting site traffic. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Joining me today is Chris Tabria, who is the SEO manager at Morningstar. Morningstar is the leading provider of independent investment insights in North America, Europe, Australia, and Asia. Morningstar offers extensive line of products and services for individual investors, financial advisors, asset managers, retirement plan providers, and institutional investors in the debt and private capital markets. With that, here's my conversation with Krista, Senior SEO Manager at Morningstar. Krista, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Great. And this is a hot topic. Obviously, all the AI advancements, we've been talking about ChatGPT, how Google's stacking up in the race, and obviously Google's generative experience. I mean, Google recently had their earnings call on it, where this, again, was a hot topic of it. But maybe to kind of start us off, what's your like perspective on how the generative experience is impacting us in SEO? 
Yeah, so right now, actually, Google has not yet released their AI into search. However, Microsoft has already kind of jumped ahead. And with Bing, they've already started to introduce AI into search. So Microsoft was really the first to like jump into this race because they've been investing a lot in their AI capabilities. But what I do like is the fact that Google is kind of, you know, it's taking a little bit of a backseat here and it's doing a lot of testing, making sure that they're getting it right before they're releasing it. So I've been doing a lot of experimenting with it because you can get access to it through search labs to test it out and see how it's working. So it's really cool to see what they're what they're doing with it. But there is a couple caveats, right? Because right now, you know, most website owners are not getting very much traffic through Bing. And so that's one of the reasons why Microsoft was early in the race, because they wanted to get more people using their search engine. We still haven't really seen that much of an uptick just from Microsoft releasing AI as far as like our total page views coming over from Bing. So still, the king is Google, right? And so we are a little scared. I think that we can say like, what's going to happen when Google does move forward with releasing their AI? So as we've noticed in the past, AI, like let's say for example, zero click positioning, right? So not just featured snippets per se, but Google's own data pieces, especially when it comes to the finance industry. So back just a couple years ago, sure, Google had its own finance tools, but they were not as robust as what they are today. And so now investors searching for stock data used to come over to our site, but now they're getting that data from Google. So Google's serving up enough content points in search that we've lost out on a lot of the traffic over to our securities pages. So now we have to rethink, like, how can we get more traffic? So now we're leveraging the power of content, which, you know, we've always heard in the past, content is king, content is everything. How can we get users in? So, you know, in the last two years, we've been relying on our content to introduce new visitors via search. But now AI may be challenging that, right? And so if generative search is going to answer basic questions when users are just coming in to Google and that answer is being served up right there, they may not necessarily need to come over to your site because they're getting that information directly in Google search. And so I want to hear your thoughts on that. <laughs> No, I couldn't agree more. And like, to me, it's like an evolution of this conversation that we've been having in SEO around zero clicks. And before it was around different SERP features and having featured snippets, people also ask kind of like the crowding space within SERPs. And for this, it's like that a little bit more on steroids, where now you have not only the element above the SERP, but then it's also within those query types, it's going to be that much more applicable to have the answer satisfied just within the SERPs of it. And so for me, it's kind of 
you know, a little bit and I've been hearing conversations of like the types of queries and it's like, do we shift our focus in where we're putting our time and energy or are we trying to be in that placement? And so I think especially like within your field and industry, it is probably such a significant driver of traffic, like those type of queries. And so it's like from the inside, what's your personal like perspective on it? Is it something that you're like, hey, let's shift focus and the type of queries that we're competing in? Or is it more of like, hey, we want to make efforts to be included or including elements that maybe have like more subtle brand awareness within those placements? What's your thought on it? Yeah, no, that's a very good question. And I've also been looking to try to identify some areas inside AI where we could start thinking about that now before it's released so we can try to pivot within our strategy to say, hey, where can we pick up the pieces to get ahead of the game, right? So a little bit of juicy stuff here is that, you know, since AI hasn't rolled out yet, but actually Google has been doing some like under the wraps work with making space for AI. And back in April, they quietly started pulling FAQ rich results out of Google search. So before we were like, and I'll give you some numbers I can throw out here. So back in March, we were averaging over 500,000 daily impressions from FAQ content that was coming up through like rich results and people also ask. But then after April, it plummeted to less than 50,000 impressions per day. So that really reduced our amount of clicks coming over to our site. Whereas before we were getting over a thousand visitors a day, we're now getting less than 50 visitors a day from FAQ. And so you know, and just for listeners too, that like this is new to them because I really had to do some digging to like find this update. It wasn't part of like a core Google algorithm update. It was like an under the cover Google algorithm update that they changed. So if you want to see where you stand, all you have to do is just go into your Google search console, click on the search results and change your date range like to the last six months. So you get that wider window of what happened. And then you just go and you add another filter in and you select search appearance and select the FAQ rich results. And then that way you can get in there and you can see how much your site might have been impacted by this change that was made in April of this year. So with that thought kind of going forward, I've been looking in AI in the search labs right now, how are they answering questions and how are questions being pulled back in so we can take advantage of this. And so if you start using the AI through search labs, you will see that Google, when the search generation actually answers the question, they have a list of follow-up questions underneath. So I've been finding specific queries that in determining like if AI is answering them or not, and then looking at those follow-up questions and sending them over to our 
editorial team to say, hey, you know, these could be good follow-up FAQs to add within our content so that search, generative search, might have the opportunity to scan those answers and pull us in as a reference to being their answer on it. And so that would be a great takeaway or an action item of what you can do today to look into how you can win back some of those clicks. Because for us, losing over a thousand clicks a day is a big drop off in search because they pulled these FAQ pieces that we were ranking well on in the past. That's such a good tip. And also just like observation and seeing like that decrease have been, you know, noticing quite a bit of fluctuation recently, especially from like, and kind of more on like the e-com side from like, what would have been a little bit more dominant from like a transactional results and it's nothing like relatively new but i've been seeing more and more increases around like the informational kind of side of areas that used to be transactional but i hadn't heard as much on like the faq piece in some of those cases that you're looking into for it and i mean maybe it's hard to kind of go back from it did it seem like a lot of the follow-up questions, like were you able to spot any themes that were consistent with maybe like previously FAQ ones? And I mean, maybe that's something like pulling back into like the historical SERPs or things like that, but like any observations there? Yeah, I do feel there is some themes, absolutely. I feel like what they're doing though is in the current Google Lens right now, I think they've taken these out to kind of make a room, right? So when they start to introduce the AI back in, it's going to have like enough space on the page above the fold to answer the question through AI and then also have the follow-up opportunities. Now, it is interesting because what I've been seeing in the generative search is that when you click those follow-up questions, it kind of takes you out of traditional Google search into more of an AI experience. You know, if you kind of think chat GPT, it lives on its own page, right? And so when you start clicking into those follow-up questions, you kind of go down the rabbit hole and it'll keep surfacing new potential follow-up questions. So you're engaging with the AI without needing to type. You're basically like, asking more questions with a click of a button to have it answer. And then that obviously further leads the user away from the opportunity to get into the websites as much, hence kind of raising the bar even further. Yeah, but there is something else of importance that I really want to put some spotlight on that I have been noticing. So when you're asking questions to Google with search generation, you know, what it does is it's actually, what I've determined here is it's actually scanning the answer to find the answers within the top 10 pages that are coming up. So if you already have your content on page one of Google and somebody asks a question and Google's going to generate an AI response 
it's gathering that answer that it's generating off of sources from the top 10 listings on the page. And so what it does is it actually provides references to where it's pulling the data from that it's answering back using the AI. And what it's doing is it's labeling those sites or citing its sources, basically. And it's using like images that it's pulling from the articles that it's kind of rewriting in its own words from, and it's putting that up at the top. So there could be one little piece of advantage here. If you're sitting at the bottom of search currently on page one, the search generation might cite you as a source, and that could kind of spotlight you back up to the top but we don't know at this point what's that click curve look like, right? So we don't know if users are actually going to click the cited source or if they're just going to see the answer and feel like that's enough information. But, you know, maybe there is a little bit of advantage. Maybe you do get some clicks from instantly being pushed up to a featured snippet type area versus the bottom of page one. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yeah, and it's, it's in that case, too, it's almost like leveling the field a little bit within page one, but still it's the group within that segment. But then again, it's like being that the answer is being satisfied or, you know, the question that the user has is being satisfied within that SERP experience itself. Like you get the branding exposure, but then your likelihood to have the click through from that is still at jeopardy or still in that potential risk area. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it could be like a double-edged sword, right? You might get some wins, but probably, you know, when you're thinking the like big picture, probably those wins aren't going to amount to the decrease in clicks that you're going to get over to your site. True. And then it kind of sparks like the conversation. And I've seen this kind of going on is what was the value of those visits or those users prior if it was such like anecdotal, which I mean, I think you can go back and forth on that. And it's obviously going to be dependent on like the type of business and 
like still you have the value of the brand awareness of someone visiting your site, seeing obviously like your name through that like experience. But I think it is also warranted that it maybe as SEOs, we still need to think about does this change or should we reevaluate where we're trying to compete and where do we want to focus kind of like our efforts from it? Yeah, I think it's, you're, we're going to have to get more narrow and niche down like certain, just like kind of take over certain areas and really grow out our knowledge base and what we're very good at in order to compete and beat out other competitors. It's kind of always been that way. But at the same time, I think we're going to have to like really buckle down and not be as broad on certain things and just hone in on to a niche where we can really outperform. And it seems like, too, that the branding or the brand loyalty aspect is like further increased and being that the experience isn't going to be the same for every single user that visits it. Like certainly if you have that previous kind of browsing behavior or kind of like biases, then it's almost going to further like put you into that category or that chance of seeing that content again which then just brings us into the rabbit hole more of kind of being within, you know, potential echo chambers of information. Yeah, I think that actually that's a good point that you bring up because it makes me think that your search queries that are going to get answered via AI are probably also going to be better stored and learned to understand what do you like to look for. And that's probably also going to drive your like Google Discover to serve different types of content for you. And so if you're clicking and engaging on specific brands or specific topics like investing, then you're likely going to be served that content up automatically. Or, you know, it, the AI is going to craft their responses based on what it's known you've to engage with in the past. Now, I haven't done that much extensive testing on it, and that might not even be in phase one, but I predict that like that's something that's going to be laying ahead in the future for sure. You know, and even with like the FAQ content that I was digging into, you know, it's not answering all the questions right now. And that also layers into maybe like more touchy topics, right? So, you know, Google is a little bit more finicky when it comes to like your money, your life content. So we do see it answering questions through AI, such as like, how much money do I need to retire? And it can broadly answer that question by sifting through a couple blog articles that it's picking up from. But it's not answering questions like, how can I get rich? Or what should I invest in today? And so it's kind of like also giving a disclosure at the bottom of those financial related answers if it does answer something. And it says, this is not professional advice consulting a financial advisor about your particular circumstance is best. So I think it's like trying to be mindful of what the legalities around offering investing advice. And so there's some things that it's not prepared to touch on yet. And so I think if you are in the financial realm or the financial industry, there's some things where like your evergreen content may still present well on top of Google, but there could be other more specific questions like how to invest in REITs where your evergreen topic is like pushed down because now 
Google's going to be able to answer some basic level investing FAQ questions. It really seems like especially in those type of verticals or those areas, the reliance or significance of EAT is going to be even further heightened because it is like, I mean, you're not going to the website. It puts a little bit more ownership from like, or on like the search engine in that regard. So it's like, I feel like there is also this potential that through this, maybe we see the heightening or the strengthening of some of those trust signals that then would give search engines more, or Google in this case, more confidence in actually displaying that information. You know, it's great that you brought that up because we are working on a project right now throughout the team to increase our EAT by optimizing our author profile pages, expanding the data points that we're putting on there, working to have the authors contribute longer biographies, things like that. And, you know, looking at how we can surface more of those into our article pages instead of just a byline. So like we're trying to also tighten that up because we know that that's also going to be an important change with this rollout that Google's going to do soon. From my perspective, that sounds like an excellent initiative with like some of these changes. Maybe kind of just like a final tag along question from that. And so obviously we've been discussing this more from like the generative experience of how users are engaging with search engines. Then we have like the other side of kind of the conversation around AI generated content. And so like within this area of increasing like the trust signals that go to it, what's your kind of take or experience on AI or like more generated content and like the value add or necessity of having more contributions, let's say, from unique or something that's not out of one of these language models? Yeah, no, love that question. And I've been training the team on it a little bit as well. We're not necessarily leveraging AI in our space at this time, but it is something that's a future initiative that I would like to work on. Why? Because AI is going to allow us to create more content in areas where we don't have the team resources to be able to like expand on the content we already have, right? If we're at full capacity. But I do think that, you know, it's not going to be ideal to generate an entire blog post through AI only. And if you're going to be doing those practices to have it heavily edited. So I do think that AI at this point is more of a great way to come up with ideas. Like if you're stuck on what you want to write about. But I would say, you know, just like with everything else, you know, when it comes to optimizing your page or anything, I would say be very careful with using AI from just like taking content and copying and pasting it. And my rule of thumb is to use less than 30% of AI generated content on a page. And so that's really where I would 
feel okay personally as an SEO expert is like, okay. And what I kind of started with as far as recommending to the team is let's look back at our old blog post. Let's see if we can answer any FAQs and just help expand the content on things that we've already done in the past in order to like flesh it out a little bit more and maybe get AI to add an extra paragraph or two to what we already have or just at the end answer some FAQs that are relevant to that content. Even though now like FAQs have been pulled back so much, but at the same time, I think we're going to see an uptick in FAQs generating more traffic. It may not be it may not be tracked the same as what it was in Search Console in the past, but I think we're going to be able to get some more views and clicks back once AI is introduced. It's probably not going to be like what it was, but I think if we could use the AI tools like ChatGPT to generate some of those answers, we just need to like tell it to do that. Go back to old blog posts. This is also another great way to update your publish date to get picked back up in the search and resurface some of those older pieces as well. And it does kind of like bring us back to because you know, if someone's not following that direction, they're using it for maybe 100% of it. And I guess depending on the prompt inputs and how they're generating that. But if it's just generating homogenous content that already exists there, you're not really, you know, being the authoritative by introducing something net new to the conversation or you're not adding any additional known entities to the topic that you're wanting to ring for and from that you know you're really not separating or you're not again going back to kind of the authoritativeness that you have towards the content. Yeah, that's 100% correct. Just like any piece of content, I mean, you know, people have been doing other poor practices for years where they just get spun content from somebody sitting in a third world country, like creating stuff that's not understandable. And so, you know, we have those practices that still go on today. And you know what happens with that? You know, that's like, okay, it might rank for a little while and then it just fizzes out really quickly. So if you're trying to create long-term sustainable content, AI is not going to produce that for you. If you're going to produce majority of it through the authentic channels and then just layer in AI to help flesh it out, if like per se, like, you know, you want to generate a thousand word blog post, but you could only come up with, you know, 700 words, like, (laughs) you know, maybe that's a good opportunity to just leverage AI to quickly flush it out for you. So you can have more of those keyword rich pieces of content that's going to offer more value to your reader. So like just looking for small opportunities where you can fill in some gaps and leverage the AI is a better practice than trying to just scrape content out and throw up more pieces of content. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Chris, the senior SEO manager at Morningstar for joining us. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Krista, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit her company's website at Morningstar.com. Thanks and see you on the next episode. Okay. Thanks to Tyson Stockton, our guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Tyson, you can find a link to their LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact them on Twitter. Tyson's handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. 
Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Hrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Hrefs because they just launched their Hrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Hrefs Webmaster Tools at hrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Hrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Oh,